Well, Scott has, in his infinite wisdom, drained our warm water. No, he didn't know. I didn't tell him. But so, Rihanna, Ricky, when we baptize today, y'all can thank Scott for that really cold water. <laughs> it's going to be really cold. Uh, can you check that water in about 35 minutes, Scott? Don't turn that thing that does that. <laughs> about 35 minutes, it should be full. Don't worry about cutting the heat on. It won't have time to do anything. When I heard Tim say that water draining, I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, keep the COVID away. Uh, thank you guys for praying. I want to tell you, thank you. And, and by the way, Nanny Pat has it, too. Nanny Pat has it, too, and I'd like for you to remember her prayer in your prayer. She's 90, and so they're having a really tough time uh, with it, and uh, Angie's having a rough time. But I, I've got to see the love of folks, uh, some of her friends. And, and some folks at North Point, you guys have been uh, blessing her. You've been leaving stuff on the on a chair outside in the garage. And uh, I've been watching it from the camper. But I have tested negative twice, so I'm all right. But I wear a mask just in case. I don't want to get y'all infected. I love you. And uh, so uh, if you will, turn with me to Book of James, Chapter 4. We're going to continue in this series. And today, I think it's rather timely, we're going to be talking about a faith that reduces quarreling. Uh, through this whole thing, we're in like part 19, and, and uh, we've been talking about principles of living through this pandemic. And uh, I think quarrel's kind of where we fat, fit in today, isn't it? With everything going on politically and, and, and families quarreling. And, 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 and so I looked up a, a definition of, of quarrel. And the first one I came to says a heated argument, typically about a trivial issue between people who are usually on good terms, says spouse or friends or something like that. And uh, so, it, and, and there's a difference between a quarrel and a fight. A fight is physical and a quarrel is, is verbal. And so I want you to get those two in mind as we get started. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I welcome you here. Lord, personally, I need you. Personally, I need you, and, and I need to be, as Tim said, I need to just calm down, coming in on two wheels. And, and, and Lord, uh, it's just been one of those weeks. It's been one of those weeks, and it, it just seems like, like a lot has gone bad. My wife is sick. My, my wife's grandmother's sick, and JJ's mothers in ICU and with this COVID and, 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 and folks fighting over whether to wear a mask or not and folks, folks just quarreling over this election. And, and uh, Lord, we need you. We need your word and what it says about it. Help me so I don't quarrel and, and, and so I'm not so quick to defend. Lord, I love you. And it's in your mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, what causes quarrel? We're going to look at these two questions of what causes quarrels and, and how to lower the number of, of quarrels in our life. And so uh, I want you to write this down in your outline there. It says, 
what causes quarrels? Conflicting desires inside me. Conflicting desires inside me. Conflicting desires inside me. James 4.1 says, what causes quarrels and arguments with each other? They come from the conflicting selfish desires that are always fighting inside you. Inside you. You see, your conflict with others is actually deeply rooted inside you. Inside you. They don't just come from the outside, but they're rooted inside you. What he's saying here, what, what James is saying is, is if you and I were more at peace with ourselves, we would be a lot more at peace with other people. If we were just at more at peace with ourselves. They would be less likely to hook us into an argument, or to a quarrel. You know, of course, our biggest conflict is with God. That's our biggest conflict. Our selfish desires are, are, are in this war with what God wants for our lives. Galatians 5.17 says, Our sinful desires want what is opposite of God's Spirit. And God's Spirit wants what is contrary to our sinful desires. So the two are constantly fighting each other. So you cannot just do whatever you please. You cannot just do whatever you please. That's our conflict with God in, in a nutshell. It's the reason that folks rebel against God. It's the reason that folks reject God. Is they want to do whatever they please. And that's the cause of this, this internal conflict. But in the verses 2 through 10, as we're going to go through them, he gives us solutions. But he also rent, uh, mentions other uh, reasons for conflicts. Uh, um, it's interesting as I learned and I went through this, this study, God says a lot about quarreling. He says a lot about arguing and fussing. And, and what I came to is he's against it. He doesn't like us quarreling. And he says we shouldn't do it. You know, some, he even talks about conflicts uh, where we want more possessions. Look at chapter 2, uh, verse 2 in James. You want things that you don't have, so you're ready to kill to go get them. And you covet what others have, but you can't get it, so you quarrel. And you get in fights. And that's materialism. We fight over, over stuff. We fight over homes. I mean, I know families right now are going to court with their siblings over stuff. Over stuff. Stuff because they want more stuff. Next verse, verse 3 says, You only want what gives you pleasure. Guys, when our pleasure gets interrupted, we quarrel. If you don't believe that, interrupt some kid playing a video game. If our plans for pleasure are interrupted, we get tore, slap up. We don't get to go hunting or fishing or ball game or something. If they're interrupted, we get tore up. Quarrels happen. We got problems. Something else causes problems. Power. Prestige. Popularity. 
Jesus said this in John 12. They love being praised by people more than being praised by God. When you care more about the approval of people than the approval of God, it's going to cause some quarrels. It's going to cause some, some arguments, some heated, heated arguments. Now, I don't think nobody really likes conflict. You know, I've heard people say, man, he just likes to argue. I really don't think they just, just love it. I think most folks avoid it. And some just ignore it. You know, I, quarreling isn't comfortable, is it? It's, it's, it's not comfortable, but, but as long as we live on a broken planet with the freedom of, of choice, folks are going to get hurt. Folks are going to get hurt. They're going to get offended. So what will help me quarrel less? I think a lot of us uh, folks that are married need to know that, don't we? So I want you to write these down. I want you to write these down. Take and look at them and share with them and point out the flaws that your spouse has later on. No, study them and talk about them. You know, but, but anyway, number one, this is the first step to less quarreling. Realize how destructive quarreling is. Like I said earlier, I didn't realize how much God has to say about, about quarreling in the Bible till I, till I did this study. It's a big deal to God. It's a huge deal to him. And God commands us to, to never quarrel. Ephesians 4 says, quarreling, harsh words, and dislike of others should have no place in your lives. Should have no place in your lives. It's a mark of immaturity to quarrel in harsh words, cursing. No place. 1 Corinthians 3.3 3 says, For you are still only baby Christians, controlled by your own desires. He's getting on to the folks in Corinth, Paul is, not God's. When you are jealous and divide into quarreling groups, doesn't that prove that you are still babies wanting your own way? In fact, you're acting like people that don't belong to the Lord at all. Guys, people that start quarrels are troublemakers. They're troublemakers. It's a mark of immaturity. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A devious troublemaker starts quarrels. Their gossip separates the closest of friends. Gossips are troublemakers. That's it in a nutshell. The Bible tells us if we serve the Lord, we are forbidden to quarrel. 2 Timothy 2 says, as the Lord's servant, you must never quarrel. You must be kind to everyone, able to teach and patient with difficult people. Patient with difficult people. There's no value. It ruins relationships. God says the root of all quarrels uh, is pride. First Timothy 6. Uh, what did I say? First Timothy 6, 4 and 5. I think I wrote that wrong. But God always says that staying out of quarrels, that staying out of quarrels 
that we must do. It's the root of all. All pride is the root of all of it. Now, the Lord says that um, that we are to be. I'm losing this. This water. Here it is. First Timothy six four and five says. The conceited person shows that he doesn't understand anything. Rather, he has an unhealthy desire to argue and quarrel about words. This produces jealousy, rivalry, cursing, suspicion, and conflict between people whose corrupted minds have been robbed of the truth. It's a mark of good character to avert quarrels, but fools love to pick fights. God says that quarrels can lead to mass destruction. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. How much damage is done? Maybe to your family, to your marriage, by a quarrel over a trivial issue. I know brothers that haven't spoken in years. And now they can't even realize, they don't even remember what it was about. They just remember they're mad. Years, years. Proverbs uh, 17, uh, 11, 29 says, The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile. It's quarreling is destructive power. It escalates. The second step is this. Decide, I want to change and ask forgiveness. We got to come to a point where we got to decide that we want to change and ask for forgiveness. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to quarrel anymore. Maybe you're at that point today, so you got to make a decision. Forgive, ask for forgiveness. You, you don't want to keep getting hooked, and you don't want to hook others. You know, we never change until we get fed up with the way that we're living. Are you tired of being mad at someone? Or are you tired of, of, of being hooked? Are you tired of this habit of sin in our lives? Because quarreling is a sin. The Bible's really clear on this. Quarreling is a sin. Are you ready to stop it? confess it and ask for forgiveness. James 4, 8, 9 says, wash your hands of your sins and purify your heart of your double-minded living. Be sad and sorry and grieve over your actions. Stop laughing at your sin and get serious about it. James is saying here, clean up your act. Stop minimizing what happened. Stop rationalizing what happened. Take it seriously. Quarreling is a sin. Be sorry for your actions. Cleanse your heart. you got to decide today that I'm not going to do that anymore. That's step two. Step three is this. Stop expecting other people to fulfill needs in my life that only God can fulfill. Big step here. we got to stop expecting other people to fulfill needs in my life that only God can fulfill. This is a big cause of, 
of, of conflict. We got to stop expecting our spouses to fulfill the needs that only God can meet. I'm going to tell you something else. It's not fair to them either. They can't do it. They can't do it. They can't possibly live up to that. You're broken, and they're also broken. Guys, sometimes we look to the wrong source to meet our needs, and we ask for the wrong reasons. James 4, 2, and 3 says, you don't have because you don't ask God for it. And if you ask, you don't receive it because you ask with the wrong motivation. You're asking other people to fulfill the needs as God, only God can, and you're asking with the wrong motives. And you're just going to leave frustrated. Stop quarreling. Start praying. Don't treat prayer like a, 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 a vending machine. Guys, God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve Him. See, His goal is not our comfort. His goal is our character. When I look to other things to, to, to meet my needs, whether it's a bottle, whether it's, it's sports, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a, a person, God says that's a, that's a form of spiritual adultery. God said, come to me. I created you. He says, talk to me. I love you. I feel those needs. The verses 4 through 6 says, you cheat on God when you have an affair. Listen, guys. You cheat on God when you have an affair with what the world values. To love what the world loves is to hate God and to be the enemy of God. This is what the scripture means when it says God's spirit who lives inside us is intensely jealous. He wants our faithful love. That's why he gives us so much grace. Are you placing what worldly values over God? When we do that, we're committing spiritual adultery. The Holy Spirit wants, wants our focused love and our faithfulness to him. The fourth step is this. Choose humility over prideful anger. You see, we said earlier, pride is behind all conflict. Pride is behind all quarreling. Pride always shows up. Proverbs 13, 10 says, pride only leads to quarrels. Have you guys found that to be true? It, it, it's pride. It's pride. Hurt ego. A hurt ego. Not treated correctly. And you're so prideful, we get so prideful that we don't compromise on anything. On anything. Have you ever been in an argument with your spouse where you know you're wrong, but you just couldn't admit it? Yeah! It used to be a daily thing with me for 25 years. You know you're wrong, but you just cannot admit it. You know what the antidote to that is? Humility. Humility. Verses 4, 6, and 7 says, the scripture says, God opposes the prideful, but he gives grace to the humble. So give yourselves completely to God. You see, God declares, 
In this verse, he's declaring war on pride. He's declaring war on ego. He's declaring war on arrogance, selfishness. Guys, when pride rears its ugly head in our life, we're going we're gonna to lose that battle. Our arms aren't long enough to box with God. We're going to lose that battle. He says, God opposes people who are prideful. So if you and me, if we want God's help, it's going to start with humility. And I would rather humble our, uh, myself because I found out over the years, God can sure enough deflate an ego. Amen? Humble yourself. The cure for quarrels is humility. You're going to get along way better with everybody. Give grace. It'll stop the fighting. I like what the verse says, let God be God in your life completely. That's a promise. James 4.10 says, if you humble yourself before the Lord, he will lift you up. The more that you humble, the more God is going to lift you up, the more he's going to bless you, the more he's going to exalt you. Humility is the antidote to pride. Number five, the fifth step, um, before I tell you what it is, it's kind of a, um, there's an unseen spiritual war going on behind the scenes. I know that. I know that. Satan is trying to wreak havoc. So the fifth step is this. Recognize the source behind the conflict. Recognize the source behind the conflict. See, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is not against flesh and blood. And that tells you that we're not bat fighting a battle that's fair. It's not a fair fight. Satan is not seen, but he's real. He's real. Ephesians 4, uh, 27 says, Anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. Hello? Anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. A beachhead. It gives the devil a place to stand. If you're walking around in anger, quarreling. Anytime you and I get in an anger, in a, in, a, in, a, in a quarrel, and we use hurtful words, we're just opening the door for Satan to get a foothold in our emotions. That's all we're doing. And our relationships. You see, it's Satan that wants to do all the damage in our relationships. And Satan is always ready with an assault of hurtful words for you and I to use. Always ready. He wants us to use words of, of mass destruction. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is part of lowering the, the quarrels. Well, how, do I, how do I resist the devil? I'm going to give you two reasons. If you notice that you're about to get into a quarrel this week, do these two things. Try these two things. And I'm not going to... Uh, I hope you can remember. I, I, I'm not going to stand here and say I remember them every time. But remember these. Number one, be aware that Satan has a plan to upset you. Be aware 
that Satan has a plan to upset you. He wants you and I to be stressed. He wants you and I to be angry. He wants you and I to be, be hurt. Here's what I do know, that God doesn't want any of that. He don't want any of that. Satan uses negative emotions to destroy our peace. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, We are very aware of Satan's schemes so that he doesn't outwit us. Be aware. Be armed. Guys, when you and I use hurtful words, it gives him a foothold. Second thing. I've talked about this before in here. Recognize what part of the brain that you're using at the moment that you get into conflict. This actually helps me. Science has finally explained it. The Bible talks about it, has always known it. You see, our brain is complex. There's, there's different levels. Some things are automatic and some things are by choice. The brain has different kinds of functions. The highest and the smartest part of your brain is called the neocortex. Write that down so you remember it. Neocortex. Neocortex. Using that part, you think clearly. You, you think rationally. You think thoughtful. You, you, you're reasonable. When you use the neocortex, it's the best and clearest part of your thinking. Creative. Poetry. Business, you know, letters, a plan. But to go a little lower, the little lower part of your brain is called the limbic. Write that down, L-I-M-B-I-C, limbic. This is the emotional part of your brain. And, 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 it, and it's, it's physical part of your brain. It's not as smart. I guess you could say it's sort of dumb. It's reactionary. And, and, and it's so emotional. And when you raise your voice in anger, you've came from the neocortex to limbic. You're in the limbic part of your brain. And you're not going to think clearly. When you're calm and you're, you're collected, you're not stressed, you're in that neocortex. But when you're stressed and, 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 and you're just fearful and you're angry you have dropped from to the lower levels of your brain and you're not thinking clearly and you're just most of the time not nice not nice when you're in the limbic part of your brain you're in the dumb part to resist the devil you got to not let him keep you in the limbic. So you're going to have to have somebody that can hold you accountable. And when you start carrying on, you got to say, get out of the dumb part of your brain. <laughs> that may drop them even lower. <laughs> it helps me to think about that, that I'm in the, I'm in the limbic part because I get angry sometimes. But I remember I'm in the limbic part. I'm in the dumb part of my brain. And, and it helps me to say, let's go up to the neocortex. And uh, so it helps me. I don't know if it'll help you or not. I, I, I hope, it, hope it does. But so uh, just be careful. Be careful where you're at. Um, don't let him keep you at that level. 
And that, that's where he wants to, wants to do that. Ephesians uh, 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Never shout, shout harsh words, insults, cursing, or any other type of rude or hurtful task. So just stop, you know, when you get there and, and, and say, God, stop right here. I'm in my limbic brain. And, and guys, when we're there, we say things that later on we're going to regret. So just kind of kind of cool it down. Stay in the what part of your brain? Neocortex. Neocortex. Step number six. We're going to go through these last two real quick. Talk to God silently during the quarrel. Talk to God silently during the quarrel. And I know you can do this. Some of you are carrying on a conversation with yourself right now as I speak. I know you can. we can do this. You know, we can, we can talk to God while we do this and, and, and carry on two uh, conversations at the same time. But I'm telling you, talking to God during a quarrel will put you back into the neocortex and it'll take you out of the emotional part of the limbic. And, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you what else helps me. Maybe it'll help you. If you begin each day with the Word of God just for a few minutes and then if you end it just for a few minutes at, at, the, at the end of the day, it's a lot more peace. You're... You're a lot less irritable. I have found myself doing that a lot the last five days. I'm not at home with, I'm not in my house with all the distractions. And, and the, the first thing Angie did when I moved into the camper, when she was leaving my stuff, she made sure I, she put my Bible in the chair. I, got, I do have TVs. I have, I have three channels. I have two ion stations and a, and a Spanish home shopping network. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. So, so it's really good that I'm having this time that I'm able to start the day with the Lord and, and end the day with the Lord because there's, there's just, uh, you could just do so much law and order and I can just buy so much Spanish stuff. But anyway, but, uh, but start the day with that. And uh, James 4, 8 says, if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. You want him to get close to you, draw close to him. I mean, that's a simple thing. Get close to him. You want him close, draw close to him. Me and the elders were talking Wednesday. I'm at a stage now where I want more. I want more. I want to get to know him more. I want to be close to him. And it's up to me. He hasn't moved. He hadn't moved. You know, even in an argument, we can pause and we can ask God for wisdom. We can ask God for help. We can ask God for for patience, his perspective. I think if we do this, next time you're in a quarrel, I'd like for you to do this. If you're in an argument with your friend, with your spouse, with your sibling, why don't you imagine this? Jesus Christ is sitting right beside you. Are we there? Imagine him sitting right beside you or, or standing right beside you. And you look at him and say, what would you say? What would you do, Jesus? Just do that. So next time Angie's mad at me, I'm going to say, Jesus is standing beside you. <laughs> Y'all see what I'm saying? That'll cool things down. Amen? <laughs> or heat them up. I don't think she'll see it as funny as y'all did. 
<laughs> yes, she'll think he agrees with her. She's Holy Spirit Junior. Yeah. That is a compliment. I, <laughs> I have found that my wife is the logical thinker. I am not. Angie, I love you so much. The final step is this, number seven. Invite Jesus to manage my thoughts and words. And I'm, I'm talking about literally here. Invite him to manage your thoughts and words. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. Because as members of Christ's body, you are called to, to live in peace. I guess to do that, i got to first ask the question, Are you a member of Christ's body? The church is the people of God, the children of God, those who have, who have asked him into their lives. Been saved, we call it. What I would ask you to do right now, and I mean this with all my heart, is think about someone that you're having a quarrel with. Think about someone that you're having, having an argue with right now. Right now. Have you got that person in your mind? Imagine Jesus Christ sitting right beside you. Imagine him sitting right beside you, right next to you. How would things change in the way you spoke to that person? How would things be different in the way you acted? If he managed your words, if he managed your thoughts, how would it go? Before we go back and baptize, I would like to invite you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Have you ever done that? Maybe I want you to know that the altar is open if you need to come pray and rededicate your life. Or you can do that from right where you're at. Ricky and Bree, y'all can go on back now. We're going to have a baptism. Bree, you go on that side. Ricky, you go on this side. Isn't this fun? Y'all be sure to remember and thank Scott <laughs> for everything that he's done today. <laughs> Would you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Help him, man let him manage your thoughts and words. Let's pray. My Lord, we thank you. Lord, I didn't know your word said so much about quarreling. I guess for a time I just thought it was the way it was supposed to be. Forgive me for my pride causing me to quarrel. It ain't good. Lord, I do pray for that. That someone that maybe been watching it online and, and uh, 
Lord, I, Lord, I, I, I got to thank you. Because we found out a, an 83-year-old lady was watching us online last week. And she gave her life to you. So thank you. She's in the family now. But Lord, this quarreling has to stop. Whether it's about politics, whether it's about mask or not mask, or 2% milk or whole, it's so trivial. It is tearing families apart. pray against the devil in the lives of my folks he has no place in their homes and in their relationships I pray that they recognize the destruction that it's causing I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Amen